0: We are in lesson 15 of the book of Romans. We're in chapter 6. And I hope you notice that the discourse has changed. We're in the middle of Paul's discourse on sanctification. The first few chapters were dealing with justification and gaining right standing with God and being restored into fellowship with God. But now we're dealing with living lives for Him. We're dealing with purifying and sanctifying lives so that we can live for Him, in service to Him. We are, when we accept Yeshua, we are to change. And the good news actually has change built right into it. The good, the new covenant has change built into it. The changes are not, as some believe, the Torah or the law but it's how it's taught and how it's lived out. That's the change of the new covenant. Well, we're to be purified and live lives as Yeshua lived. No longer are we to live in sin. In fact, as Paul says, how how can we continue to live in sin any longer? Keep in mind, now, when Paul says sin... He's speaking of violations of the commands of God, the commands of the Torah. And we find that in John's writings. He says this in chapter 3, verse 4 and 6 through 6, he says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning and no one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. You see, the topic here in John is the same topic Paul is covering. It's sanctification. We are, as Paul puts it in his letter to the Ephesians, saved by grace to do good works. Amen. We're saved by grace We are saved by grace so that we can go on and be changed into the likeness of our Messiah. Remember, we define grace. It was defined by Thayer's and Strong's Greek dictionaries as God's divine influence in your life. You're saved because God intervened in your life. His spirit convicted you of your sin and your separation from him. But I want to tell you that the good news doesn't stop there. After turning to God in your life, God continues to extend His influence in your life. Or we could say He continues to pour out His grace by giving you His seed in your heart to continue to guide you and change you. He begins to sanctify you, to change you into the likeness of His Holy One the Messiah Yeshua. That is God's grace. There is no cheap grace. Grace does not mean that you'll go on from your acceptance of Yeshua and keep on transgressing his law. Paul says to that, by no means. Grace does not mean that the Torah is no longer relevant or that sin is changed from violations of the Torah to something else. And we need not concern ourselves with God's law any longer. No. Grace means God has intervened in your life. And there is a visible change in your life due to the Holy Spirit guiding your life. And it is a noticeable change to all who know you. The reason is simple. You've stopped sinning. You can no longer sin because God's seed is within you, guiding you, convicting you, and correcting you. And if that doesn't happen, then there's something wrong. And that's why John said, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen or known him. It's that simple. So understand what Paul is speaking of when he says sin. Keep this in mind, it's transgressing God's law. That's sin. Now, to put an end to the idea that there's somehow some cheap grace and we can just go on sinning, he says this in verse 1 and 2. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to transgression of God's law. How can we live in it any longer? I love that phrase. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Think about that phrase. The wages of sin are death. Paul just went through this discourse on how we're all dead because of the sin of one man, Adam. Now answer me this. Can life and death exist together in one body? Can you be alive and dead both? Either you are alive Or you're dead. So how can you, who have been given eternal life, continue in sin and death? And he goes on, and then verse 3, he says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Messiah Yeshua were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as messiah was raised from the dead through the glory of the father we too may live a new life this dying through immersion and coming out of the water born again is not a new concept to paul or to yeshua or the jewish people of the first century We spoke of this last week when a convert from the nations joined the nation of Israel. He was immersed. He would go into this environment, this tank of water where he could not survive. You're underwater. It's it's a hostile environment to you. And that water was also dug into a pit. It was below ground. So it was seen as being buried. And when that new prospective convert came out of the water, it was said that he was born again. And then after you were born again, you were also to live a new life by God's Torah, as everyone else in the nation of Israel did. Well, Paul is seeing the same thing here. We join Yeshua's covenant community, his kihilat, when we are immersed. When we go into the water, we die to our former life. We're buried with Messiah. And when we come out of the other side, when we come up out of the water... We are part of his covenant community and we are to live a new life. Now, it's easy for us to see that we should live differently if we were looking at worldly people who are in gross sin. But consider this as well. If we were Torah observant like Paul, we would still need to change because we're no longer to live the life, our lives by the minimum standard set forth in the Torah. We are to live now, we are to live our life by a higher standard. And that standard is displayed in the life of Messiah. So even if you lived out Torah by the letter of the law, by the strictest standards of rabbinic Judaism, you still have to die to that life. So that you can live a new life and walk out God's Torah, His law, through the leading of the Spirit. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you thought living out the Torah perfectly was beyond your reach, and I imagine that you've heard pastors and so forth say, well, it's impossible to keep God's law. I know, I've heard things like that. Well, I can tell you that it's not true. There are Jewish people who do it quite well. But if you want to see impossible, then go into Matthew chapters 5 through 7 and read what Yeshua says about keeping the law. The written law according to the written Torah according to Rabbinic Judaism of the first century is easy when you compare it to Yeshua's idea of Torah observance. That's what Matthew chapter 5 through 7 are all about. Yeshua is telling us what true Torah observance is. And if you read it, you'll see the impossibility of his walk. It's impossible never to have an evil thought, never to be angry, never to do these things. But here's the good news. He's extended us grace through His influence on our lives. He's given us a way to live out that Torah. Hallelujah. We have, as John told us and we read last week, we have God's seed in us and God's seed is the Messiah Yeshua. He, by His grace, has given us His seed to live in us. So... Did he do that so that we can go on sinning? Heaven forbid! We've died to our former self and we are now to live a new life, a new way of walking through life with Messiah Yeshua as Messiah Yeshua walked through life. We are disciples of Yeshua and the essence of a disciple is to live his life like his teacher. Verse five says, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to transgressing God's law because anyone who has died has been freed from transgression of God's law. How can we say that in death we're free of sin? Well, in death, the wages of our sin have been paid. We died with Messiah. We've been raised to a new life. Can Messiah ever die again? No. And we, like him, have died as well. And now we're free of sin and its consequence. We were raised with him to a new life, to live a new life. When Adam sinned, it made his sons and daughters slaves to a new master. And that master is our sin nature. When we die, we're set free from that old master. And when we have died in Messiah, we have a new master. We still have the sin nature, everybody still has the sin nature, but it's no longer our master. We go from one master, our sin nature, to a new master, the Son of God, Yeshua. But understand, there has to be a death of your old self. Christians tend to think from reading Paul's writings that they're free. Let me say, you're never going to be free. As the song Uh, Bob Zimmerman says, You're going to have to serve somebody. You'll never be free in this life. This life. You've all heard that we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well, that just ain't so. You're never going to be free. When Israel was in Egypt, they were slaves. We're reading about it now in the Torah portion. And God. Set them free from the bondage of Pharaoh. And then what did he tell Moses? Listen to what he says in Exodus 3 verse 12. He says, and God said, I'll be with you and this will be the sign to you. That it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. He set them free from Pharaoh to serve him. Well, Yeshua has done the same thing. He set you free to serve him. You are never going to be free. Paul uses this concept of slavery. And you know, you can really understand this concept of slavery if you look at the Hebrew term goel. Goel was a near kinsman, a kinsman redeemer. His responsibility was to redeem his relation that had been sold into slavery. Listen to what the Jewish encyclopedia says. Another duty of the goel was to redeem his kinsmen from slavery if sold to a stranger or a sojourner. And this idea of a goel comes from Leviticus chapter 25 verse 47 says, If an alien or a temporary resident among you becomes rich and one of your countrymen becomes poor and sells himself to the alien living among you or to a member of an alien's clan, He retains the right of redemption after he has sold himself. One of his relatives may redeem him. Paul is using this concept to explain that we are no longer slaves to our old master. We were sold out to sin and death, but Yeshua, he is our Goel, our near kinsman redeemer. He's redeemed us. Remember, when you were still a sinner... When sin entered your mind, you acted upon it. And most, most of the time, without any remorse, without ever giving it another thought. But now, that same action elicits guilt. In fact, it elicits guilt if you can even get that far, because if you're truly walking with God, you're going to be convicted while it's still just a thought. And it's God's seed living in you that convicts you of that sin. And not only that, not only does he convict you, but then he strengthens you to resist the sin. So now it's just a fleeting thought, if at all. Also, in death, we're no longer able to transgress Torah. When you die, you can't transgress Torah anymore. So we're free from sin and its consequences have been paid. The problem is you're dead. We no longer live. There's no way we can, on our own, pay the penalty and live. If, however, we know someone who can pay the penalty and he is our kinsman redeemer, we are set free. The Son of God came in the flesh, as we are in the flesh, so that he might be our kinsman redeemer. Redeemed so that we can return to God and live for him. And yet, we were still dead in sin. Listen to what verse 8 says. Now, if we died with Messiah, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Messiah was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And I underline that. If we died with Messiah. You see, there's an if attached to all of this. If we died, You see, there must be a death of your former self. You cannot resurrect unless you've died. Those things that we did that were offensive to God, those things that we did that did not live up to the expectation of our creator must be put to death. You must die. And once you die, sin and death no longer have mastery over you. You are dead. You cannot transgress Torah. And death cannot take your life a second time. Yeshua died for you. And you're free from transgressing Torah. You have the penalty paid for your past transgressions. But again, unless you know the kinsman redeemer, the problem is you're dead. Our faith, our hope, is that since we died with Messiah and were buried with him, we will also live with him. We will have a life with him in that we will be resurrected, but we will also have life with him as we finish our walk through this present evil age. We will live with him as he lives for God, and so we will live for God. We could really rephrase what he just said. We could rephrase it this way. The death we died with him, we died to sin once and for all, but the life we live, we live to God. If we live with him, we've died to transgressing Torah once and for all, and we are to live lives for God. That does not mean that we won't slip. We might slip but it means that this that it means in the spirit we have died to sin as long as we are in this age we will have this conflict within us the sin nature is always with us and we're in a battle and the battle is who will be our master will it be the sin nature or will messiah be our master and if we put it into the context of immersion as paul did If we go on sinning and don't live new lives, then it's as if we never came up out of the water. It's as if we were never reborn. We've died to sin, but we're still dead. We haven't risen to the new life in Messiah. However, if we're truly raised with Messiah, who has risen and is not Still in the grave, then we like him will live for God, a new man, a new woman living for the Master. Amen. And so he says in verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to transgressing Torah, but alive to God in Messiah Yeshua. Those are the three greatest words in Scripture, I think. In Messiah Yeshua. You know, if you want to do an amazing study, look at this phrase. Do a word search on this phrase, in Messiah Yeshua, or it's shortened version, in Messiah. I'm going to read just a few of those as they relate to the teaching today. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. You see, in Messiah Yeshua, we've been given this gift. We died in Messiah, we live eternal life in Messiah. We'll be raised with him to eternal life in Messiah. And we all know that, but we also need to understand that eternal life begins the day you come up out of the water. And life with him begins that very day as well. You can walk with the Holy One of... Can you walk with the Holy One of, of Israel in adultery? I don't think so. Can you walk with the Holy One of Israel in sexual immorality? Or impurity? Of course not. You are in the Holy One of God, the Messiah Yeshua. Listen to what Corinthians says of this same phrase. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth. To those sanctified in Messiah Yeshua and called to be holy together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, their Lord and ours. You see, in Messiah Yeshua, there is a sanctification taking place. Yes, we're justified and once justified, then we are in this process of sanctification, Look at the definition of this Greek word that's used for sanctification. Listen to what it says. To separate the profane things and dedicate to God. To purify, to cleanse externally, to purify internally by renewing the soul. You see, we're raised to new life in Messiah. To separate ourselves from the profane, or we could say the world to cleanse ourselves eternally to renew ourselves in Messiah we are dead to sin but we're alive to God 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 says I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Messiah Yeshua Notice what it says for his grace given you in Messiah what is grace It's the divine influence of God and its reflection in your life. In Messiah, you have grace. You have his influence in your life, and it can be seen by all. What is the reflection in your life or in the life of these people in Corinth that he speaks of? Let's read a little farther and find out. For in him, you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge. Because of our testimony about Messiah was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, to be revealed. He will keep you strong till the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Yeshua who has called you into fellowship with his Son. Yeshua, the Messiah, our Lord, is faithful. You see, they're commended by Paul because in Messiah Yeshua they have been enriched in knowledge. They don't lack any spiritual gift. Why? Because they're blameless in their walks. They are blameless because they are in fellowship with Him. That is the grace of God. Grace is the power of God, power from God, through Messiah Yeshua, to live a new life with Messiah in fellowship with Messiah. And it would seem that they're well along here, if we read this, or they're well along in the process of sanctification. How do we know that they're well along in this process? How do we know that all of this didn't just happen when they accepted Yeshua and they haven't been through a process of sanctification? How do we know it isn't just what happened when they said, I believe in Jesus, when as taught in much of the church. Well, we only need to go forward. Two chapters, chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. And he says this, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Messiah. This is how he speaks of these same folks at an earlier time. He doesn't commend them, but he tells them he couldn't address them spiritually because they were just newborns, Infants. Mere infants in Messiah. You are an infant until you're a toddler, until you're walking with Messiah. You're walking as Messiah walked. And when you get to that walk down real good, then you're grown, matured. Look at what he tells them in a second letter. Again, this phrase, in Messiah. Listen to this. Chapter 3, verse 13. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it, while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the ancient covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Messiah it is taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This isn't hard stuff, folks. We're on a path of sanctification. We are on a life-changing transformation. We're being transformed and that transformation is in the image of Messiah. Or at least that's what it's supposed to be if we're truly in Messiah. And if you're not truly in Messiah, you need to read the words of John's letter again. If you're not doing these things, he says, let me read it again. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin and no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one continues to sin. No one who continues to sin has either seen or known him. Friends, this is elementary good news. I hate to tell you this, this is the milk of the word. How can we have missed this in the church? This is the elementary principles of the faith and yet most don't even understand Look at, let me, let me read how being in Messiah should affect your life. And again, from the book of Romans, in this phrase, in Messiah. Romans 15. Therefore I glory in Messiah Yeshua in my service to God. And then in 16 verse 9 he says, Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Messiah, and my dear friend Stachus. Listen. What it does is it makes you workers for God. You have a new master, and the master is God. You, as the song says, are going to serve somebody. But now we're slaves to the Most High. We're fellow workers in Messiah, because in Messiah we find our service to God. The divine influence of God in our lives drives us to be workers in the kingdom. You know how you can tell if someone's truly a Messiah? By what they do for the kingdom. They're always looking for something to do. It drives you. That's why Paul will uh, later say in Romans, he says, Therefore, there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua. Listen, There's no condemnation because being in Messiah and Messiah in us is transforming us to live and exceed the commands of the written Torah that are written in the law. In Messiah, you live as he lived, exceeding the commands of the law. Now let's go back to our text for the day. It says this in verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin, transgressing of the law, Reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. Rather, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. You see, if we died with Messiah and have been reborn with him into the kingdom, we are going to live new lives. We'll be alive to God and in Messiah Yeshua. If we're truly disciples of Yeshua and in Yeshua, then we'll live as he lived. You know, we've spoken about this before, but Yeshua was born under the law. He was born to a Torah-observant family, a Torah, in a Torah-observant nation who was in covenant with God. Yeshua, however, never became subject to the Torah in the life that he lived because the life he lived exceeded the Torah's requirements. The Torah only comes into play in your life if you violate it. The Torah is the creator's reasonable expectation of his creation and if you always live above those expectations, you never become subject to the law. The life he lived was so far above the commandments given to Moses by God and the words he taught were so beyond those commands that in the truest sense he was not under the law. He always exceeded the requirements of the law. The penalties in the Torah for transgressing did not apply to him. The life he lived was not under the shadow of the commandments but the life he lived brought light to the commandments. And with that in mind, and with the definition of sin at the forefront of your mind, look at how different the next verse reads, verse 14. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. Sin is no longer your master. You're, not, you're now able to stop short of sin that used to so easily entangle, entangle you, and you used to commit without remorse. You're no longer subject to the penalties for breaking the commands of the Torah because you are no longer, in effect, uh, breaking commands. You Because you no longer break the commands. And the reason is simple. You're now under the influence of the Messiah Yeshua who always lived a life exceeding the commands. He now reigns in your life. The price has been paid for your past transgressions of Torah, the commands of the Torah, And the sin that was passed to us, we died with Messiah. The price has been paid for those things. We're now subject to grace. God's loving kindness, his divine influence on our lives that leads us to life that rises above the commands of Torah just as Yeshua did. We've died and now through immersion we've been resurrected. I'm always careful. You know, whenever I do an immersion service, I'm always careful to tell those tell people being immersed that when you come up out of that water, you are reborn, you are remade, and you are to live up to or above the Creator's expectations. This happens because of our love for the God of Israel and the Messiah and their love for us. He has moved us from the category of punishment to mercy, it also motivated us to live new lives. Listen to what one of the big ten says, because this really sums it up. Listen to the Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, one of the big ones. I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." We have moved from one of those who hate the Lord and transgress His commands to one who loves Him and keeps His commands. And not by the old old way of the endless minutia of the rabbis, pastors, or other men because they all miss the mark too. But in the new way, by the leading of the Spirit, if we are in Messiah, we are living a life that exceeds the commands of Torah. And we only become subject to the penalties of the commands when we transgress. To what can we liken it? Well, the speed limit on the highway is 70 miles per hour. And under that law, I would receive a fine, a penalty, if I exceed that limit. However, if every time I go on the highway, I set my cruise control to 60 miles per hour because I love my wife, and she doesn't like to go 70 miles an hour because it's too fast and she gets worried, then I'm not subject to that law any longer because out of love for my wife, I don't come close to exceeding the speed limit. Do you see how it works? I'm not under the law of the land concerning the speed limit. I'm under the love of my wife and concerned with her happiness in our relationship. That's what's meant by not being under the law. Listen again to one more in Messiah. And we'll close with this. Because I'm probably already in trouble. (laughs) But join with me in suffering for the gospel. By the power of God who has saved us and called us to this holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. The grace that was given us in Messiah Yeshua from the beginning of time. Let's live as Messiah in his grace and live lives as the Holy One of God. Amen.